<laughs> and I'm just I'm curious how many of our friends, David, you're friends with as a contingency on one of the rest of us dying. Awesome. How many times do you have to tell you not to ask questions you don't want the answer to? We've seen it all before, so let's reload on a very special episode. Shows that suck and shows that float. Hello, and welcome to a very special episode, the podcast which reviews very special Christmas episodes of TV. This week, we are discussing Beverly Hills 90210, Season 3, Episode 16, It's a Totally Happenin' Life, a Christmas episode that asks, what if we did an It's a Wonderful Life pastiche, but instead of going the usual alternate reality route, we just had a pair of sassy angels and threw the movie into the background of scenes whenever possible. It's a Wonderful Life pastiche is being a bit generous here. <laughs> this is what I'm saying. Uh, I am your ho-ho host, Austin Gorton, and with me, but unwilling to wear the Santa suit, is... David Bitsenoffer. And interested in hearing some more about the threesome is... <laughs> Carolyn Maine. I love a good French movie. <laughs> so, yeah, we've done 90210 before. A lot, Austin. This is an intervention. Two. We've done two. 200, it feels like. I, I only remember one. Was I in there for both of them? You were not there for the first one that we did when Luke Perry's dad blowed up. Oh, okay. Mm. Poor Jungle that Boy. That we didn't... That we did in honor of Luke Perry when he passed away. That's right. Um, so you were just there when the nerd shot himself. Yeah, right, yeah, yeah. But I do remember the nerd <laughs> shooting himself. That one okay. was pretty good. That was like Degrassi level good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't like you disgracing Degrassi that way. <laughs> I don't like you disgracing 90210 that way. And yeah, making no possible to. Degrassi is just a, a watered oh. down Canadian 90210. Technically, Degrassi came out before 90210. Degrassi, the next generation that came out later, that was after 90210, but it was also basing itself off. (laughs) So, we've talked about 90210 before. Carolyn, what is your relationship with the movie It's a Wonderful Life? Oh, well, that's a very good movie, Austin. Uh, like most people, I have and only until recently not watched it the whole way through. And then I did <laughs> check it out because you want to be a bit of a film buff and appreciate things. And it's just so, so good. It's one of my favorite holiday films about suicide. <laughs> <laughs> Right after Rudolph, uh, they had a copyright issue. <laughs> That's why it aired so much. And all the actors are great. The, the, the themes are resonant. I forget the guy, but this is one of the perfect early screenwriters. It's, it's a great... Frank Capra. Frank well, Capra. He, uh, he directed Directing. I don't, I don't think he wrote it. Is it? It's not Billy Wilder, but it's someone on that level where it's just yeah, one of the me curious. early, early greats. Yeah, if you want to ask the girl orphans if they have coal in their stockings. So, Carolyn, <laughs> I have but, some news that might interest you. Ooh, ooh I'm interested. <laughs> my, my wife, Lauren, was listening to uh, our podcast, right? Oh, goodness. Bless and her. Our she, listener. She <laughs> was very angry at me because I was wrong, but the oh, fact that she wanted me to know, and now everyone is going to know, is that apparently male reindeer lose their antlers in the winter. 
Really? Which would mean those reindeer, that Santa's reindeer would have to be female unless they were castrated. (laughs) (laughs) All we know is that Donner had his balls once. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, exactly. So did Comet's, their fireball's dad, who I forget (laughs) who he is. Well, that throws everything off, but I do like the horny lesbian reindeers. (laughs) But they don't have antlers. Maybe they're falsies. No, females have antlers, uh, apparently. Okay, they do? If reindeer, at least. Yeah, female reindeer have antlers. Okay, but not all deer. And they lose them in the spring, apparently? I don't know. This Mm -hmm. is... Interesting. I know they, like, um, they shed their velvets, and there's interesting Mm -hmm. footage of, like, their horns coming undone. Also, apparently, reindeers have short penises. We oh, got that man. from listener Meg C. So that's the update yes. on the news. So you need, like, micro tools to do this castration <laughs> then or something? Yeah. I just didn't realize that Lauren was such a, a reindeer whisperer. <laughs> I don't she even knows. know what Yeah, I don't know. She knows. Um, David, what's your relationship <laughs> to It's a Wonderful Life? Uh, it's a Wonderful Life, a film directed by Frank Capra and written by Frank Capra, as well as a couple of other people. But Frank Frank Capra is the name you're looking for. Writer, director, what a guy. Really nailed it. Also, I believe they gave Jimmy Stewart this role as a great comeback for him after being in the war, getting some PTSD. And then, yes. so it's kind of got, it's got that real big anti-capitalism message, which I can get behind. It's... It's a, it's and a was great and film. was famously a flop. Yes, until as you said, it became cheap and affordable to air all everywhere, and so then it got caught on, got a second life that way, and became a, a staple. If you can't go big, go cheap, baby. I think it became more associated with Christmas because the Christmas was around the time networks didn't want to air like new show episodes of things, so they just <laughs> needed something to throw on, and they're like, "How about this free movie? Uh, How about this?" royalty free film. Yeah, exactly. Uh, my relationship with the movie is that I think I've seen it once. But I'm not positive. I've seen okay. pieces of it, but I know mm-hmm. that uh mm-hmm. where I know my, where my money is at least and it's at other people's houses, so I don't <laughs> know if I love that, but that, I guess that's where they, where it is. And I know that angels get their Bell's wings house. when bells ring and I don't know, he wanted to die and then they showed how great he was to everybody and then he was like i want to live and i just fear that that might happen to me but uh <laughs> i won't like but, but not but with a different outcome <laughs> but i mean we've this isn't the first uh it's a wonderful life pastiche we've had it's on this because we did the uh married with children married with children yes. with sam kinnison Yes. Who we don't know if he's got his wings yet. Mm-hmm. So you're worried. You're worried, uh, uh, David, that you'd have the scenario and you'd end up in the Al Bundy version. Eh, kind of. I feel like everyone around you is better off because you're dead. I, I guess my real f- like, if everyone else is better off, at least that means I was important. My fear is that it's a collective shrug if I'm not around. <laughs> like not, <laughs> nobody really notices one way or the other. Isn't that like the true fear? I like how the series of Christmas episodes this year is really probing into David's fears and anxiety. <laughs> <laughs> it's a scrooged for him. It doesn't take next, a lot. 
Christmas ghost is going to be that dorky cowboy. <laughs> well, we're going in descending order because I have never seen It's a Wonderful Life. Oh, what the fuck, Austin? So you don't even know where your money is, Austin. This is this is I, unacceptable. <laughs> but see, this is this is that's the point, David. Yeah. Is I do know where my money is, and I know where angels get their wings, and I feel like this has been become such a like integral integrated into the pop culture zeitgeist movie that it's like you don't even need to have seen it to get mm-hmm. it and i'm i by no means am i suggesting that you know it's it's the same my being aware of it is the same as having watched it and i'm sure that i would enjoy it if i did see it i have a very large soft spot for another frank capra jimmy stewart partnership in mr smith goes to washington mm-hmm. Um, I'm sure they are wonderful working together in this film. I will probably watch it someday, but it's one of those where if it doesn't get into your Christmas rotation, it's hard to break it into that rotation. And uh, it just, I haven't made the effort yet. So all I have are parodies and pastiches to go by. Wow. Well, good thing this episode is as good as anything. Frank yes, Pappas I, I ever feel like done. I've seen this episode, so why do I need to watch the movie? <laughs> no, this episode is something else, and that's <laughs> all right. Let's dive into it. Uh, we get our opening credits, and then we uh, pan up. Oh, but speaking of opening credits, did you all enjoy the brief shot of the? Uh, Malibu Sands Beach Club, but in bright sunlight at one point. No, because they had they shared <laughs> the same beach club. It's the same club. Was, there, yeah, both. There both may have been teams. some ladies in swimsuits, and so I might have been a bit distracted. I'll just <laughs> yeah. It was just funny because it's like that's the same mm-hmm. beach as Malibu Sands, but it's like bright and warm looking because they <laughs> ponied up the dough to film there, not <laughs> in the early morning in season um i still like the theme song i forget it until every time austin makes us watch one of these and then i'm like dude three this is the third time you guys not a ryan family matters situation it is one more fist bump (laughs) (laughs) yeah fist bump (laughs) (laughs) yeah that's part and it helps to tell the men apart. I'll say again, I'm sure I've already said it, but the two hunky boy leads look very similar. And then the little one is like a, a lesser Pokemon of them. And then, yeah. and then there's the fourth one. Oh, yeah. He's he's a little different. That helps. The teacher's pretty close, too, once they shave the beard. That teacher, he's a, he's a guy. Oh, boy. I, I have stories I could tell you about that teacher. <laughs> oh. Um, uh-huh. Okay. Good old Gil Myers. Um, okay. So opening credits, and then we open on a the festively decorated Walsh house, yeah. and we pan up. I'm just going to say, being from Minnesota, <laughs> seeing like a Christmas without snow is always weird to me. Yeah, this is the whole episode, and like even just the opening mm-hmm. credits where they're like playing on the beach, and I'm like, but this is a Christmas episode! <laughs> Isn't that why you like it? The escapism to all these teenagers that are too hot to have problems? <laughs> I mean, yes, but I still want Christmas to look like Christmas. This is what it boils down to. Mm-hmm. Um, so we pan up. <laughs> abide by our, our ethnocentric yes, exactly. rules. Our experience. Mm-hmm. Uh, camera pans up into deep outer space. Yeah, um, that's a surprise. <laughs> right? We're going cosmic. Uh, we see some twinkling stars that start talking to each other. And the idea here is, I guess, that they're angels. Yeah. 
and they are talking to one denominational angels uh. yes yes they are very clear to <laughs> to uh be as vague as possible in terms of the theology in place here um one of them is named clarence clearly a nod to uh it's a wonderful life if you want to s- believe that the clarence of this episode is in fact the same angel from it's a wonderful life i sure won't stop you <laughs> they are pretty different personalities unless clarence grew up and got jerseyfied or something <laughs> <laughs> which happens in yes, reindeers, so. is not i looked you know i looked up i didn't recognize the voices at all of the actors but kind of sounds like danny devito to me it could be yeah. He he is in fact voiced by Robert Costanza, whom you could charitably call a like H list Danny DeVito, perhaps. Yeah. <laughs> um, he you he's probably best known for being the construction worker friend of Arnold Schwarzenegger at the beginning of Total Recall, <laughs> who tells him not to go to Total Recall and is all like, "Hey, I heard them melted people's brains in there." And he was right. He had a and as the traffic cop brother of Dennis Franz in Die Hard 2, mm. a.k.a. the Die Hard movie that's the worst of the good Die Hard movies. He's not the guy who was in Speed and Overboard, right? I'm thinking of a different... He yeah. is not, as far as I know, the guy from Speeder Overboard. Don't worry about him. <laughs> He'll be uh, And he is talking, he is the, I guess, seasoned pro, and he is talking to an yeah. angel named Miriam, who is the, like, I don't know, new kid on the block. I don't believe she has her wings yet, which will become a plot point later. <laughs> yeah, I don't think we're told that until the end when she gets them. Right. I don't know. <laughs> right. Not Spoiler alert. Satisfying yeah, that way. Um... And she is voiced by a woman who was born in Minneapolis and has such wonderful credits to her name as wife and woman. (laughs) So I don't think she really did a whole lot. Uh, But she basically proceeds. The whole idea is there's an emergency and she needs Clarence's help because she's a novice and doesn't know what to do. And so the whole like shtick of this episode is her explaining to this angel what's going on and why it's important and what's going to happen. And they sort of serve as a uh, Greek chorus to the Christmas happenings of our attractive teens of West Beverly. Yeah, I, I want to be in the writer, I writer's room when this was pitched. Like, you know what we're going to start with? Two stars talking to each other. <laughs> <laughs> and this does come from It's a Wonderful Life. So it's mm. it's less clever when it's already figured out. But I See, do it's like... as good the- as watching the movie. The cosmic pan. Like, I could kind of always use these narrators because they keep saying who's dating who and who's relating to who. It's mm. kind of helpful. Like, this is my first episode. It's kind of I a forget. good introduction. Yeah. Right. Right? We, uh, we learn that uh, Brenda and Kelly and Dylan are wrapping presents as part of a charitable gift drive for a local elementary school that Donna is in charge of. Uh, David is filming the whole thing because this is the point in time of the show where David is filming everything. Um, And Clarence kind of hangs a lampshade on things by asking um, how kids this good looking could have any problems in the first place. (laughs) I appreciated that. Exactly. doesn't like them, which as an angel gives me... (laughs) 
<laughs> legitimacy. Spir- spiritual upbringing. It lifts yeah. you spiritually. But then it yes. turns out someone else does like them, so that becomes a problem. So much. Well, yes. She's such a stan. <laughs> uh, this is also the scene where we get our first gag me with a spoon Tori spelling mm. moment uh, in an episode uh-huh. that is filled with them Where's in she? which uh, Miriam introduces Donna as an angel on earth if there ever was one. <laughs> oh my god. I know. It, it was bad. And I, I just like I picture Aaron Spelling <laughs> having every script messengered to his palatial estate mm-hmm. and then adding like three extra <laughs> my daughter's character is awesome lines mm-hmm. into the script every Infallible. week. Must graduate. Yes. Uh, and I don't I actually don't think it comes up in this episode, but she's a Christmas baby. Oh, okay. Which is a thing that gets brought up in nearly every 90210 Christmas episode. Wow. About it? Um, for the most part, but of course the important thing there is that <laughs> she is like unto Jesus, they literally share a birthday. <laughs> is what that is uh is what that's telling us. Uh so then we bounce around a little bit. Uh Brandon and Andrea are in the newspaper office. Um, as Carolyn and I discussed in the Luke Perry's Dad Blows Up episode, Andrea is uh ridiculously overzealous about this stupid high school newspaper Mm. uh steve is complaining about being in detention he recently uh paid a nerd to hack into the school's computer systems (laughs) using a legacy key that was handed down by some frat guy so they broke into the school and then the nerd hacked into the computers and changed his grades. And of course he got caught. And so that's why he's on like super mega detention throughout this episode. Oh, was it Herbert? Yeah, Hollis? I didn't. <laughs> uh, it was, no, it was more like Ollie. It was like a little nerdy black kid. Mm. Oh boy. With a five yeah. pack a day voice. Very cool. Yes. Yes. Uh, Every they need a Santa to dress up for when they deliver the uh, the presents, but Brandon and David are like, "I'm a TV reporter and I'm a newspaper man. We can't be Santa." And Steve's like, "I'm on detention. I can't be Santa." Yeah. And so then it becomes <laughs> Dylan's job. It's really weird that Steve can't even like do like school functions in any way, right. like charity functions at all you know i'm like all right now. yeah like i can understand okay fine he doesn't get to go to the you know homecoming dance or yeah, whatever yeah, yeah. but like it's a fucking charity mm. like if he wants to put on the santa suit and hand out presents to poor kids let him which i mean they ultimately do spoiler yeah, alert <laughs> but uh it, you know he has to like lobby hard for mm-hmm. it so uh throughout all of these uh delightful shenanigans Clarence is continuing to question what the big deal is. And uh, Miriam gives us a brief flash forward to the next day when everyone is on a bus and pissed off at each other. Yeah, and he calls it just a routine example of seasonal apathy and depression. And I'm like, yes. oh, I like it. <laughs> Clarence yeah, out. gets it. Clarence is he's, cool. He's like, they're rich people with problems. Why do I care? And I'm like, I cosign, you know, cosign. Right? Yeah, it's kind of clever because we're jumping around so much. I the, the traditional 90210s are just linear, right? So it's fun like, yeah, yeah. having this angel structure. Mm-hmm. Um, you guys might not believe me, but when they're on the bus looking sad and Miriam's like, there's going to be a big disaster. Uh-oh. I'm like, oh, final destination, final destination, yeah, I know. final <laughs> destination. 
drive behind well, a lot. Well, you wonder at the end of the episode if there's a final destination kind of thing that happened, but we'll sure. see. I guess we have to watch it, later episodes to figure that out. It did come after the film, so we got our idea track of here. the order of the people sitting on the bus, right? There we go. Um, there we go. <laughs> yep. uh, Clarence is mad because he's missing Circus of the Stars, ah! which... Uh, is both like a, a, you know, Circus of the Stars reference, laugh at that, yeah. but also makes me question angels. <laughs> like, yeah. is he watching it on a TV? Yeah, is he no. just watching it from like heaven? I mean, do they want, is he watching it like live or a recording? Yeah, well, apparently, yeah, because he, is he DVRing it or can he not? Do they not have technology of the future? Well, how does time work in heaven anyway? Right. Like, well, you can't DVR because they haven't invented that yet. Well, on Earth, they haven't yeah, exactly. invented it. But they then also, like, just have it on a cloud whenever they want. Yeah, uh, a literal cloud. Yeah, no, it's not the, the, the mm-hmm. iCloud, the angel cloud. They do this. Mm-hmm. So I would have to imagine that God would have to endorse shows, right? Like, you couldn't <laughs> play married with children in heaven. Not my heaven, pretty sure. <laughs> so, so not my heaven. Right? So God personally endorses Circus with the Stars. And every, every time I think of that show, you guys, why haven't we done one? Yeah, that's a good question. <laughs> I forget about that show, and then when I remember it, I'm like, oh, fuck. Circus of the Stars is a show I mostly know from Simpsons gigs. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> so then Miriam takes us back into the newsroom. Uh, David and his stupid camera is interviewing Andrea about her stupid newspaper, and it's like a weird Ouroboros of teenagers caring about their media way too much. Right. Uh, and Andrea gets a call from her grandma and finds out that she got a dreaded thin envelope from Yale. She desperately wants to go to Yale. That's her whole arc this season. Spoiler alert, she goes to the same college everybody else does <laughs> because they're all stars in a TV show together and we're not going to be cutting across country. Does their principal go there too? <laughs> their principal does not go there. Although their principal does show up at Donna's bachelorette party, Ooh. which always made me laugh. <laughs> I feel like in general, the, the, the there's only one show I know of where the principal follows the students to college. Oh, What's that? Uh, Boy Meets World. That's right. Mr. Feeney somehow ends up at the same college that they all go to, which is as dumb as you'd think. Especially because they're neat. Anyway. (laughs) (laughs) We're not here here to litigate Boy Meets World. I know. At some point, Clarence also says the man upstairs has bigger things to worry about than these self-absorbed kids. And I'm also on board with that. Again, David's just, he's drinking that (laughs) (laughs) Kool-Aid. Clarence, Clarence, I love you. If, if only he could have stuck to his uh, constitution here. You know? I know. Well, somebody intervened. I guess Circus of the Stars wasn't that good mm-hmm. this week. Um, so there's some back and forth about whether or not the thin envelope means that mm-hmm. Andrea did or did not get into Yale. And Brandon, yeah. whom season non-season watchers aren't aware of, is in the midst of a arc involving him having a massive gambling problem. Oh, wow. Makes a bet with his teacher about whether or not she got in. Well, oh, so that's why. Teacher, okay. he's all like, no way she got in. I'm sure it's going to say, we rejected, they rejected her right away. I'm like, what the hell? Why is this teacher dogging on Andrea right now? 
So <laughs> very unprofessional so, behavior right now. And she's yes, like Gil's whole deal. He's this is their senior year, and he's the like senior class advisor teacher. Mm-hmm. And his whole shtick is that he's the like young hip teacher relative to all of the other he's the rod belding yeah. of teachers but he's just being a straight up ass right now though he is and he like, so he has this like he's very worried right now and you know is concerned mm-hmm. and he's just and like, he's making, the, like, like i know he's not like being like genuinely mean to her but he, i don't think it's the time to even kid around with her at the moment right right, right. and he he has a very antagonistic relationship with andrea and like she got all pissed off because he rolled into town and made Brandon the co-editor in chief of the newspaper their senior year. And well, with hair like that, who wouldn't do that? You know, justifiably upset that you know she built this thing and it's her senior year, and now he's you know making her share it and all of this kind of stuff. And uh, he was Gil, the teacher. Uh, a few episodes before this, was accused of sexually harassing the sister of the nerd who killed himself in the last <gasps> episode we discussed. Little Captain Cowboy, wow! Mm-hmm. You guys, he did, he did, really he did not. Time. Why don't you come to my house and we can talk it over? <laughs> <laughs> uh, it turns out she was wrongfully accusing him because wow. their family is messed up because their little nerd boy killed himself. Wow! Um, just did keep they... in mind, all sexual <laughs> harassment claims are just uh, false accusations. That's, that's yes, what I'm learning. I hope uh-huh. they flash back to him like in the cowboy hat, like half opacity to his finger. <laughs> <laughs> what what Andrea wants to write for her for the newspaper, you know, as a joke or whatever, but it's about like Mrs. Claus or this is the year of the it's, woman or something. And everyone just rolls their, their eyes at her and be like, I guess we just have to tolerate this woman talking about women stuff. Yeah. Right. And they also do, like, the night before Christmas is, like, a wrap or something. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, about putting the newspaper to bed before going off on Christmas vacation or whatever. My ears hip. just turned off. It was the dorkiest thing. Yeah, this is – so this is the early 90s, David, <laughs> where um, women can be celebrated, but we don't like doing mm-hmm. it. Very different than today. <laughs> is it <laughs> well men just tolerated women being celebrated in the 90s now they don't even tolerate it now they're like no we won't right. Right. Like, but they Time made sure you women knew they were tolerating it against their own will so I missed the stakes of the bet other than that Gil has to shave his beard I, I don't know what Brandon like she has gets to, to do. decide what what happens to that's whoever. what it is like she picks whoever loses she picks their penalty or yeah, something like and, that and, the, and, and she was, didn't have to pick it then she just gets to like you know bank it right and, decide. and it was beard yeah. or pubes depending yeah. <laughs> Harvard. Brandon either has to shave off his luscious locks or uh, Gil has to has to lose lose the beard. Um, so go to we go to Andrea's grandma's house. Brandon goads her into opening the Yale letter. Uh, it turns out that uh, stupid fucking Brandon was right all along. Uh, she did get in. I'm still suspicious about this thin acceptance letter, but whatever, you know. Yeah, I know. Uh, but then she also opens a letter at the same time from her long distance boyfriend and finds out that he's dumping her ass, mm-hmm. which is funny because earlier she was like, well, I didn't get into Yale, but at least it's not all bad. I have a letter from my boyfriend waiting for me at home. Yeah. And then she got home and found out I got into Yale, but I don't have a boyfriend. Yeah. 
Is breaking up by letter the old-timey equivalent to text breakup? Uh, yeah, yes, I think if so. If it's a long-distance relationship, I guess it gets a bit tricky. But you assume you can call at least, right? Yeah. Right. I think that's in in, in the next uh, in the next scene. Brandon is kvetching about uh, Andrea Andrea getting mm-hmm. dumped, and um, I, I assume that's his alter- his preferred alternative would be the phone call versus yeah. the. But I'm not uh, sure. Well, actually, we'll, we'll talk about what happens to Brandon. But, uh... <laughs> yeah, Brand, I, I think I know how Brandon would prefer to be dumped, <laughs> but uh, we'll get to that. Uh, so Brandon is helping trim the Christmas tree at the Walsh house. I'm never used to the term trimming the Christmas tree. I'll be honest. I'm always <laughs> like, you got to prune it a little. What's going on? It's nice to hear it in context because I yeah. guess that is what decorating is. Because yeah. I never yeah. remove a branch. Right. I think once upon a time you did. And that's where the term came from mm-hmm. was you, you kind of sh- helped shape it into that. You know, traditional triangle by snipping some branches, so you right. were kind of trimming it, uh, and then it just became this term for old-fashioned term for decorating it. Mm-hmm. But uh, I like how Brandon's shirt is unbuttoned <laughs> nearly to his waist mm-hmm. in the style of the time. He has like, the undershirt and then the overshirt that's unbuttoned. Um, and that's not the only trim Brandon's engaged with this episode. <laughs> that's right. Uh, Brenda comes in and Clarence makes a crack about how they're twins, which is a little like lampshady thing. I'm sure uh, that the writers threw in there. And then Kelly and Dylan show uh, up. We, we also learned before Kelly and Dylan show up that Jay was a, the guy who broke up with Andrea was a young Republican. <gasps> so yes. I'm on board with him being out of this, you know, out of her life. She's better off is what I'm saying. <laughs> Never forget that uh, the Brand- that Brandon's first car that he drove in California was named Mondale. <laughs> wow. Um, so Kelly and Dylan show up, and Miriam teases a forthcoming threesome. Yeah. <laughs> it gets Clarence all excited between Kelly and... Not just Clarence. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but instead of showing us that sexy action, mm-hmm. we have to go back to Brandon and Andrea's dumbass story. Uh, well, Gil is, we, we, is shaving kind of his like beard. glossing over that just Dylan and uh, what's her name? Uh, Brenda. No. Kelly. Kelly. No. Yeah. Dylan and Kelly okay. just come over to help decorate the Walsh's tree. Like <laughs> They have. Uh, uh, How often have I like come over to your house and been like, let's decorate your tree, Austin? You have loving non-Californian parents, David. <laughs> That provide you with a warm, wholesome home life that you don't need to come bask in the glow of mine to get that warmth and love. Dylan and Kelly are children of divorce and parents who've been eaten up by the high-intensity California lifestyle. So if they want a little bit of that Midwestern charm, they have to go glom it off of the Walsh's. And so this is where we mentioned that the parents are in this scene. And I have in my notes oh, yes. that they're not hot enough to be the parents <laughs> of these guys. Because look how forgettable they were. It's very true. It's, it's very true. Um, so, yes, Dylan and Kelly are hanging out at the Walsh house, basking in family togetherness at the holidays. Mm-hmm. Um Kelly's mom is in a decent place at this point in time, but she's a recovering coke addict, and this is before Dylan's dad blew up, but when he's still in jail. So, um, <laughs> this is where they go for their Christmas good times. Don't lie to me, Austin. 
What? Dylan's dad never blew up. Yeah, that's true. That is true. <laughs> In the end, it all turned out to be a, a psyop to get him out from the mafia's thumb. Wow. Um, well, at least we know <laughs> Kelly's mom is having a white Christmas. <laughs> Make you Midwesterners feel special. Right, right at home. So back at the school, which totally seems like the place to be doing this, uh, Gil is shaving his beard. It's having so weird, this long shaving that. school yeah. scene. <laughs> he always well, shaves weird too. Yeah. Like he doesn't. He has a beard that's not much thicker than mine, but he feels like he has to like trim it with the scissors yeah. before taking the buzzer to it. And, the like, school scissors. Someone's gonna cut a piece of paper and be like, "Why is there little hairs in that?" Yeah, he's just like right in the classroom, and it's like this wasn't even like an official like school charity thing where that's like you know raise this no. much money and this teacher will shave their beard and then it becomes a thing where you do it in the class. This was just a weird bet, random bet he made with a student who has a gambling problem, and now Against he's shaving right student. in the middle of a classroom, and now the janitor has to clean this crap up. Uh-huh. I'm not sure this teacher is cool, Austin. <laughs> oh, no, he's I, I, he's not. He just wants to be. <laughs> then the show wants the him thing. to be, too, right? The show wants him to be, yeah, yeah. Uh, David's in here filming shit because, again, that's what he does. Uh, and he laments to Donna about how he's a year younger than everybody. Huh? Because, remember, before his best friend shot himself, they were the, like, goony freshmen that were following all of the popular right. attractive people. Why did he get some friends his own age? Did he, did he, yeah. he did, and it shot, he shot himself, David. No, he's How about you get more than one friend? You know, you gotta, you gotta have a redundancy here in your friend department. Ask when you're over 30, but I guess under 13. And I'm just, I'm curious how many of our friends, David, you're friends with as a contingency on one of the rest of us dying. Austin, how many times do I have to tell you not to ask questions you don't want the answer to? (laughs) Did you get Austin a cowboy hat for Christmas? I don't want Austin to die, but you know, you gotta... He wants to keep his options open. Uh, So this is pretty much the last gasp of the David is younger than everybody plot line Um, in in this episode. This is kind of setting up that he's he's a sad boy because everyone's going to graduate and leave him behind. Uh, Brandon kind of rubs Andrea's face in her breakup a little bit. Uh, and she's like, whatever, you want to go to a movie tonight? And he's like, no, I have to go make out with my jailbait girlfriend. Mm -hmm. Is she jailbait? Like, how old is she? Uh, she's a freshman uh, er, yeah. earlier earlier in the season there's this whole like she likes brandon but he doesn't want to date a freshman and then she like makes out with him and he's like i'm cool with dating a freshman yeah. now dang um speaking of making out uh Ooh. brandon's mom busts in on his uh make out session <laughs> it's just uh, <laughs> i don't know i i guess it's sex positive and maybe that's a good thing although now she's sounding really young so maybe not but th- like the mom is just very much yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm interrupting your fucking session. I got to get out of here. And not like, right. hey, leave the door open to crack so you know you don't get pregnant or something. I don't know. Yeah, they are they're a little bit um in the arc of the of the show in these teenage years. There's a little bit of hypocrisy with the parents in that they are fairly sex positive when it comes to Brandon, but then freak the hell out when Brenda is fooling around with Dylan. But the argument that her dad tries to make there is that it's not Brenda's having sex so much as it is that she's having sex with Dylan because he's this bad boy whose dad's a financial criminal and blah, 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 blah. But they get over that eventually pretty quick. 
so yeah, he's making out with Nikki and that gets busted up. So then they start talking and she's back in town because she was up north in San Francisco and she's going to be moving back up there with her parents. And so basically they're breaking up, um, which I mean, I guess if you're going to break up with someone, making out with them first is better than just sending a letter. Yeah, I mean, I feel like you have to go farther than just making out to make it. An well, nice thing, they you know? they probably would have if Cindy hadn't, know, you know, know busted know, things up I and know, killed I'm the just movie. Saying, I, yeah, it's almost she worse. Interrupted. But she I'm, broke yeah. up the whole makeout sesh with her gigantic mom jeans. They were I'm just, just so big. Wondering <laughs> if she should get. have prepped Brandon beforehand before just showing up, then making out, and then being like, "Oh, actually, I'm going to move back for good." Like I don't. Know. I it, it had a very much like, well, if I'm not going to get that D vibe, I guess I may as well just end this and get out. Uh, Let's get and it like, over with. She was gone for a while, so then visiting without letting him know that actually I'm going to be leaving again. I don't know. I just didn't. I wasn't. Yeah. I guess a lighter's still worse than that, but I feel like there's better ways she could have handled it too. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's the end of the Nikki plotline. Yeah. It's all over for this episode and the series. Uh, that's a wrap. So uh, Mir- Miriam is teasing uh, again that something terrible is going to happen when involving the bus. Uh, Brenda comes in to the room suddenly, complaining about Dylan and Kelly. And Brandon's like, oh, I just broke up with Nikki. I'm sad. And Clarence gets mad that he doesn't know what the hell is going on. Mm-hmm. So we flash back to the peach pit. And, uh, you know, the peach pit, the 1950s style greasy spoon diner that these attractive teens hang out in, like all attractive teens mm-hmm. do. Why is there always that in eternity? <laughs> But there is some some fables repeat themselves as the hero's right? journey. There's always there's always a greasy spoon diner that the heroes <laughs> hang out in for a while. This one could use a magician. Is there <laughs> any staff of note that reoccurs? Oh, the guy's dad, oh, Nat. right? Nat. Well, it's not anyone's dad. It's oh. just an old guy who owns okay. it. But Nat. Uh, yes, Nat is the. Uh, owner chef proprietor of the peach pit and he is indeed a recurring character to the point where uh by the time they're in college and turning half of it into a nightclub he's getting (laughs) billed in the opening credits and has like plot lines of his own and stuff very cool i hope he gets a lot of makeout scenes yeah i hope he gets a threesome (laughs) at some point (laughs) him and two burgers (laughs) (laughs) we know carolyn's kink now (laughs) <laughs> it's called a smash burger for nothing you know what I'm saying so they're at the peach pit Brenda and Kelly and Dylan and uh, they they also tease Dylan and Clarence and frankly all of us with the prospect of a threesome um, but rather than announce that they're going to have hot three-way love, they announce <laughs> that they're just going to stay friends with each other. It is weird for, for them to both be like, yeah, we both think you're very hot, attractive, and we want to do you. Yeah, big dick energy. But we're not going to do any of those things. Yeah, we're yeah, just going to yeah. be friends. Me and we're I have a blame big... for thinking that this is like going into <laughs> menage a trois territory. They totally set up. They're like, we're going to have a big, steamy, hot three-way uh-huh. friendship. <laughs> yeah, but then we're all <laughs> buddies and shake hands. And it's just like, well, first of all, if you're just going to start out with, we think you're very sexy and we want to just do you but we're just going to be friends like i'm like that's already but not, we're not. Gonna work right like right right this, the whole thing was ripe for disaster and i guess to the show's credit they kind of frame it that it was a bad idea from the start like it was gonna work but right yeah we 
we see that it's not working. Yeah. Like this is the advantage of this like jumbled up narrative being told by the angels is that like we see that it's already failed before we even know what the setup yeah, was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Clarence is into it as much as we are. <laughs> yeah, he's getting he's getting invested in these mm. in these pretty teens. He finally cares uh, about Miriam's cause because these teenagers might do it, you guys. Uh, this is where uh, the, this is also where Clarence really amps up the creeping on Kelly. Mm-hmm. He he kind of has a thing a thing for her. We can we can see here. Uh, the backstory here briefly is that uh, Brenda and Dylan, of course, dated for a long time, and then um, they had some like intense stuff happen and were kind of on a break, kind of not. But then Brenda went to Paris for the summer and. Dylan hooked up with Kelly and uh, then Brenda found out about it and was kind of pissed off, but then they sort of made up and that's where they're at. The, the point that they're at here um, where they're not at each other's throats, but also not really dating and trying to, to be just friends despite their simmering sexual mm. chemistry for each other. It's very Archie, Betty, and Veronica, except Archie's like yeah. pretty hot now, which I guess right. is what they did with the Riverdale series. I haven't checked, but and this is and and this is Archie's dad we're talking about. Right. Luke Perry plays Archie's dad on. Oh Riverdale. right, they really did do that, didn't they? Mm-hmm. Yep. Good for them. Or um, whatever. Yeah, man, we should do a Riverdale. <laughs> we should. Sometime. That show is bananas. One. I heard it goes crazy town. Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anywho, um, so we're back at the Walsh house. This is the night of the tree trimming. Mm-hmm. Um, there I am. Might be the next. Whatever. Uh, <laughs> it's a night. Brenda. Two it's a night. Two Christmases later. <laughs> Two Christmases later. <laughs> Brenda and Kelly and Dylan are up in Brenda's room studying. And uh, Kelly goes down to get a drink. And Brenda is so overwhelmed by Dylan's silent smolder that she kisses him out of nowhere. <laughs> Who isn't really overwhelmed? I kissed the right. screen, actually. I'll be honest. <laughs> <laughs> this is also when Kelly goes downstairs to get a drink. Uh, she sees that Brandon and his parents are watching It's a Wonderful Life on their oddly small TV. <laughs> and uh, the angels have never heard of the movie It's a Wonderful Life. Waka right. Waka. right. Um, is that clever? Sure. Maybe, but, but they like, know what, so they have Circus of the Stars, yeah, they, but they, not they, in the wonderful yeah, life. But they don't know of this thing yet. Uh, God doesn't approve of this. Like <laughs> you're telling life. me you're telling me that when Clarence is watching Circus of the Stars, there isn't commercials for the <laughs> upcoming Christmas airing of It's a Wonderful Life on no. TV. I think no. heaven is kind of like uh, the chi- China, where like anything incoming is filtered out by God. Like so, yeah. So he <laughs> like he'll let the show go through, but any commercial about it's a wonderful life, he edits out before they can it's, see it because it's the, it gives an- that movie gives angels too much agency, and he doesn't want them right. to think that they could like actually function on their own. God what I just heard the Christmas is commercial for Fruity Pebbles and <laughs> yeah. Go-Gurts. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> There's a lot of Crossfire commercials, though, because God loves that game. <laughs> crossfire! Crossfire! I'm pretty sure I just heard David comparing China to the Divine, which I yeah. feel like is going to get our podcast on some watch lists. <laughs> like, boosts, right? No? Oh. 
<laughs> uh, so they kiss. They are like, oh. Well, they also make fun of again. Kelly for not liking Shakespeare. And <laughs> yeah. I guess my hot take is, like, if someone has struggles with Shakespeare because of its lack of accessibility or, like, its barrier to entry, I, I, I understand that, though. I think I think it's a valid point. It is. But this is it's also one of those things where despite the fact that they are played by and look like they're roughly in their early thirties. <laughs> yeah. um, Dylan and Brenda are being very teenagery there yeah, in that Dylan is like a, uh, you know, smoldering tortured writer. Mm-hmm. And Brenda is the, you know, diehard theater student. <laughs> so of course they're both like, Oh no, Shakespeare is totally rad. It doesn't matter that he talks funny. You've got to, really feel the words whereas kelly's just like you people are fucking nerds (laughs) and to be clear i'm not anti-shakespeare at all i'm just saying i recognize that there's there can be some struggles in appreciating him right Uh, yeah exactly exactly uh so then the next day at the peach pit dylan and brenda do some more smoldering at each other uh david is now sad because his mom's moving to portland why um, Portland? Why not? They say, which is pretty much heralding <laughs> what happened in the 90s. <laughs> Very prescient. In which the population boomed on the backs of collective shrugs. And California, Portland or Oregon, we hate California primarily. That's the plates where we're just like, oh, more Californians <laughs> ruining shit. So fuck you, Dylan's mom. So I'm still able to Dave, move to Portland. I don't care. <laughs> It's well. It's funny because the the reason given is that it's like a thousand miles away from David's dad, and I'm like, there's a lot of places a thousand miles yeah. away from David's dad that aren't Portland, <laughs> but whatever. <laughs> but it's also a thousand miles away from David, which is kind of a shitty thing. But you know, whatever. right? Well, right. Fuck that nerd, though. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you make a good point, Carolyn. Some wiener kid. <laughs> They're still pushing Dylan to be the Santa. And then we go back to the house that Dylan has owned since before he was an adult. And uh, <laughs> he I just it's it's weird. The minute you stop and realize that these are supposed to be teenagers and you're like, he lives in a house by himself that he owns. Is like, he again, a mortgage? No, because his dad, he's rich. Um, right. Because of financial crimes. The way to yes. get ahead. Right. He um, his dad put money in a trust that he gave to his mom and he resented his mom for a long time because she ditched him and moved to Hawaii and is like <laughs> loopy um, and kept the money. But so then she was finally like, fine, you want the money? You can have the money. And she released it to Dylan. Uh, and it is now being managed by Brenda's dad, who's an accountant. Oh, but basically, wow. yeah, he bought a house because he has like millions and millions of dollars. Holy shit. Um, until a season and a half from now when he gets built out of it by con artists. He gambles it all away. No, that's Brandon. Okay. Um, so Dylan starts a fire, I think, by just staring at it with his smolder. Mm. It like makes the wood combust. And um, <laughs> Kelly is there trying to get him to be Santa. And so then they his smolder overpowers her. And then they start making out. And that's when Brenda shows up with the Santa suit. Yeah, I mean, and, oh. and I know it's teenage shit, so it's fine. But it's like, you just made out with him the day before. You can't get mad now. Well, that's, I mean, it is kind of funny how, so the next scene is, mm-hmm. you know, Brenda starts yelling at them, but then as soon as Kelly finds out that he just did this yeah. with Brenda the night before, Kelly, like, literally moves from standing next to Dylan to standing next to Brenda, <laughs> and then they both kind of just start laying into Dylan. Uh-huh. 
Uh, and Dylan's like, what do you people want? You're attractive and you told me you want to fuck me, but that we're not going to. And now you're mad because I'm kissing you. Yeah, I'm kind of on Dylan's side. That's what I, that was my yeah, note. Yeah, I'm, like, yeah. I'm on Dylan's side on Dylan's, this one. Dylan's rightly pointing out that make out with him and he's obliging, you know? Yeah. So all these people are, are sad. They're all sad boys. So mm-hmm. Brenda Bale's on... Brenda bails on Donna. She's not going to the to the poor school. Dylan's not going yeah. to the poor school. He, he bails on Donna. Dylan says, "You know what's the point, anyways? This is just once a year for these kids, and it's not going to make much of a difference beyond." That. And I'm like, I'm kind of on the side there too. I mean, says the child millionaire. Yeah, I know. The point uh-huh. being, not that you shouldn't do this, but maybe you should. You're close to the answer, which is maybe you should do more than just this instead of right. not this at all, right. because. It's not enough, you know, but whatever. How about just nothing? Yeah, exactly. That's really going to help the world. Kelly is also sad and angry, so she bails on Donna. Yeah, I mean, uh, David is, is too sad. He bails on Donna. And frankly, if the episode just ended here, it'd be an all-time great episode of TV. <laughs> and we could just move on. Well, yeah, but I mean, these kids, <laughs> they're like, um, I'm sad, so I'm not going to go help these elementary school students anywhere. It's like... <laughs> what's wrong with you like i've been sad at school like when i was a teenager i was sad at school but it didn't mean if i made a commitment to charity i would have gone to it you know I don't know. right right um donna tries to get steve once again to show up and be santa and he can't for legitimate reasons like mm. i i would love to but i'm i'm banned because i'm a fuck up <laughs> the whole st- steve just felt very tacked on to this entire episode they're like oh yeah very i guess we so. need he's had a lot to do here. this season they're they're dying him back for this mm. one uh, Andrea bails on Donna. Brandon bails on Donna. I like Andrea's argument of like, I've punched my charity clock enough already. <laughs> like I punched my charity time card already this year. So, yeah. uh, haven't the pores had enough? Right. Uh, so then we Donna even, calls. Well, yeah, we don't even know why. Yeah, we don't even know yet why Brandon and Andrea are mad at each other and sad and not going to do this charity thing. Um, and before we find that out, we see Donna call in the thunder that is Mrs. Teasley, mm-hmm. the, uh, uh, I think she's like the vice principal or something, um, who basically like <laughs> tells these privileged son of a bitches <laughs> that plenty of other kids would have been happy to go do this, but they needed to have bowed out sometime before <laughs> 20 minutes before the bus is going to leave. So get their asses on that bus or there's going to be hell to pay. I did appreciate that scene. Right? It's like, fuck you. If you're going to cancel, cancel like two days at a time, not 20 uh, minutes at a time. It's funny that all of a sudden there's a teacher with authority, not yeah. just Johnny Nobeard showing up to try to <laughs> gamble on the side or something. Well, yeah, any authority he had, he lost when his beard went away, too. And I was yeah, like, well, that's this is true. a biblical lesson, parents <laughs> could tell you. Yep, well, it is as true then as it is today. Uh, so we circle back to find out how Andrea and Brandon fell out. Uh, Brandon is at the peach pit bitching about his breakup. Uh, Nat, like Mrs. Teasley, to some extent, is basically like you have bitchin' hair and women are constantly throwing themselves at you, so quit your moaning. <laughs> the hair um, is out of control on this show, by the way, for the men, right? mostly. The guys yeah. are hunkier in this than they, than they are in a lot of shows in, in a true. very similar way, but everyone is a big, quaffed hunk. Mm. So how how could you listen to a guy with that hair like... Bitch about a girlfriend. I don't know. Mr. Old Peach Pit doesn't take super (laughs) kindly to it. He's like, look at me. uh, (laughs) 
me. I'm 85 years old. <laughs> I'm fucking hamburgers here, and you're complaining that you can go bust us out of the way? What, what the hell's happening? <laughs> Uh, so as if to underscore Nat's point, Andrea comes in and um, doesn't quite throw herself at Brandon, but is basically, he's like, oh, you want to go catch a movie? Oh, I have to babysit, but you can come join me. Yeah, and Nat kind of wiggles TV. his eyebrows at Brandon. Um, and then there is a moment where uh, Brandon, who after Donna is perhaps the most Mary Sue-ish character on this TV show, uh, briefly connects with the divine in that right. he says, uh, Andrea, Andrea's like, uh, uh, you know, come and babysit with me. And Brandon says, what the hell? And Clarence says, watch your mouth, kid. And then like reality itself folds it does. in on itself. And he's like, oh, what the heck? And kind of looks around like, what was that? It's a really just weird, a- like they just wanted to do it as a joke, but then it's weird because this is like a flashback. So it's like he went back in time and warped it. Timed and it's a really good point, David. Because mm-hmm. yeah, because it's like Miriam has this dial where they're mm-hmm. going back and forth, but he couldn't have intervened the first time, or else he would have known what was happening, and we yeah. wouldn't have needed to go. Yeah, so, and I guess he used up one of his first miracles here, and he only gets one, two, or three. So and then, but he already was said hell, it? and then he's then he's like, "Watch your language." I mean, heck, what the heck? And then he's like, looks all weird about it. But he already, he, he, he didn't erase the hell that was said. Does saying heck, like, cancel out the hell? Or is it just, you know? Yeah, I don't know. It does. How, how on does his the soul. swear jar work in heaven, I guess? Is, um, <laughs> you could, he just, he could tell something happened that he connected to something mm. powerful and larger than himself. In the future. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, some random ass kids' house. Andrea and Brandon watch "It's a Wonderful Life" again. That's more times than you ever, Austin. <laughs> this is this is true. Andrea's like, we don't have to watch this if you just did. He's like, no, it's great. I'll watch it anytime you want. Uh, so Andrea and Brandon watch it. They get all schmaltzy, and then they start making out. Um, they cry a little, and then they get horny, which that's Christmas. <laughs> yeah, right. I mean, who doesn't cry and get a little horny sometimes? Um, I also was once again struck by the size of the TV, especially because Andrea pitched Brandon on yeah. come babysit with me. They have a big TV and then I'm like, it's still not that big. It's nineties. Big, um, awesome. I don't even feel like it's nineties. That's what big. I tell my wife. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's the best they no, could no, do honey. with the technology at the time. <laughs> <laughs> uh, this is also the point where I started to wonder if the Jimmy Stewart estate was like pitching some money into this episode yeah. because they keep showing clips of the of the movie. But I guess it's royalty free though. Still? Question mark. Yeah, yeah, that's a good point. Something. I don't, know. I don't think now two and would have done this if they had to pay Jimmy Stewart anybody. That's a good point. Frankly, the reason that this is probably a so wonderful life pastiche is because it was cheap. <laughs> and the reason we can watch it today is because there are no royalties involved mm-hmm. in it. And we didn't have to, like, strip it out of this episode in order to watch it on streaming. The gift that keeps on giving. Not that we watched it on streaming, necessarily. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, so they make out, but then they get mad because they both somehow know or think that the other is thinking about their recently departed significant other and that's you, a problem for some reason this is a stretch this is a, this is a stretch for them having issues with each other right like right right 
It might have to do with the angels' future vision. It's like giving them all-seeing eyes when when they make out, maybe. I feel like there's a lot yeah, of ways they could have gone to get them angry at each other, but instead it was mm. just like, <laughs> you you were probably thinking of your ex, weren't you? Well, you were too. Well, I hate you now. And it's like, yeah, be like, yeah, I was. So what? You, you guys just broke up. up. Yeah, You're just, friends. Have a little, have a little fun sex, yeah, fun exactly, friend sex, you know. and we'll so your lives. We hate our ex yeah. sex, you know. Right? <laughs> I don't. I don't really get it. Anywho, yeah, it's a little. It's a little ham fisted there. Um, so we find out the big, uh, the big threat here. Now that everyone's on the bus because Mrs. Teasley told them to get over themselves. Everybody's pissed at each other for one reason or another. And they're all sitting on the bus. And the whole big deal, the reason that angels are paying attention to all of this <laughs> is because there is a, uh, uh, a garbage truck barreling down the road with a comically drunk driver. <laughs> Yay! As he's driving, it's like an empty fifth of Jack that he's like taking the last swig of mm-hmm. and wiping his mouth with the back of his hand. That that truck is going to hit the bus and kill everybody. Mm-hmm. I'm so happy at this part. I can't believe there's a garbage man like this in this sexy teen LA universe. Clarence. Well, they're in the poor part of town now. That's the thing Yay. to remember. They're oh, going, right. they're driving to the to the poor school to hand out presents. Right, so. to the poors. So, a Clarence <clears throat> thought he rerouted the truck, but then it turned out he rerouted the wrong truck. And I, what I, a dipshit! And we Clarence. did get some California, like we went to the two hundred five. Yeah, I turned him to the two hundred five. Take the nine. All right, but, Clarence. Uh, who loves three ways, <laughs> hates the word hell, and cannot keep driver's licenses straight. What a guy. <laughs> but then also, let's keep in mind that they're very worried about this truck bowling in, like uh, running into this, the truck running into bus. the bus because right. of the six main characters and not the yes. entire caroling <laughs> teenager right. on there. Yes, there is there is the the West Beverly Madrigals who have been <laughs> singing carols throughout the episode. They're on the bus. Mrs. Teasley's on the bus. There's a bus yeah, driver. That bus innocent. driver probably has family that cares about it. <laughs> but he's not hot. Awesome. But they're only concerned about this potential crash because of these six kids. Okay, so help me out, because this whole time when we're going back and flashing back to these pouting, horny teens, <laughs> do we ever see a glimpse of anybody else on the bus, or do they just show up in this last reel here? And we hear them oh. singing before, I thought. Yeah, they're there. Okay. I think so. I, it felt forced to me at but the end it's like, there, but... They're all scrunched up at the front of the bus, and then they leave the right. back half of the bus just for these six popular mm-hmm. kids, right? Right, so that they can, like... Out. They have to moodily sit at odd distances yeah, exactly. from one another. Right, and wow. the guy in between the two girls who like him, but like, mm, yet, the, yet mm, Somehow yeah. this charity event was all full up, too, yet there's plenty right. of seats for more people to be there. And, right. We don't even right. see the bus driver. He's so ugly. And, of course, there's just the larger question of, like, how many people in the world right now are dying, and why is yeah, Miriam yeah. carrying... Other than the fact that these are attractive teens, a lot that of we car watch accidents happen and people die in them. Yet it's these teens that need to have like the ultimate of divine intervention. <laughs> That's when them. God is watching Crossfire <laughs> <laughs> and American Gladiators. 
You think you think gladiators makes it to heaven? Definitely. Those right. are what the angels look like, David. <laughs> <laughs> that is angels in their true form come come to earth to battle one another. <laughs> Nerf guns. That's it. They wrap each other with uh, their legs around each other while dangling from rings. <laughs> Underneath that spandex is all eyes. Oh, okay. <laughs> Uh, the other key piece we have to keep in mind here is that Clarence's rerouting the truck tick trick is a one-time. He's very clear <laughs> that it's a one-time deal. Yeah. He can only do it once. And he fucked it up. Now that he's fucked he, it up, he fucked it up. They're it definitely bad. gonna die. And I found it morbid when they start the countdown. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but I like so. it. So that takes us out of the scene is finding out that he fixed the wrong truck. So then we cut to the school where uh, Beardo McGee and Steve are Ex-Beardo hanging out. Beardo McGee. Right. Ex-Beardo I don't even know McGee. who he is anymore. He's a teacher. <laughs> um, Steve shows up basically being like, oh, what's, what's Mrs. Teasley going to do? Kick me out of a charity event at Christmas? Yeah. Um, <laughs> Which which has been the exact opposite of his attitude this entire episode before. <laughs> right, right. Um, Miriam is trying to get the big guy, quoting Clarence. He's tra- she's trying to get Clarence to intervene with the big guy. She's trying to get uh, Clarence from Clarence. Mm-hmm. Clear, yes, Clarence from Clarence. Um, but he he will not do that. Uh, the truck driver is comically drunk. Yes. Uh, everybody yeah, on the bus the wrong way on a one way. Yep, Love that yep. for him. The uh, <laughs> all of the the main characters are pissed at each other, but uh, good old Jesusy Donna <laughs> Christmas shames everyone into behaving. She makes a grandiose speech about. And uh, at one point, she's like, "If you can't just suck it up and help these poor kids, you could just get off this bus right now." And the agents are like, "Yes, do that. Get off the bus. Yeah, just these kids get off the bus. We don't. Yes, yes. please." The hot ones. The hot ones. Get off the bus. But instead, everybody listens to the Christ-like Donna and um, make up with one another and stay on the death bus. Mm-hmm. And then that's when Steve and Gil take a break from entertaining kids to see the comically <laughs> drunk driving down the wrong way truck. Uh, Steve's like, hey, you're driving down the wrong way. Mm-hmm. Try to get like, the drivers. That's going to help. I do like how they're going to have like a front row seat for this, uh, for the car. Yeah. The slaughter of their friends. Uh-huh. <laughs> 90210 has never been more exciting except for <laughs> hair's dad blew up. And we get uh, we get some angry music of doom as the drunk truck races to its uh, date with destiny. And the in the angels call it a trip to eternity. Yeah, love it. I'm ready. Steve tries to get him to stop, but Steve is not God. God is God, though, and God makes the truck phase through the bus. Oh my God! Nobody realizes exactly what happened, right? No one pays any shit to it. Steve's not even like, what the fuck? Because he was watching. And the way they do it is like total, Dave, you'll get this, David, a quantum leap technology. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Where they use Sam's blue juice to just loose through the bus and the truck. And I'm like, what a ripoff. <laughs> let's be clear. Presumably this is, this truck driver is going to just careen into some other like bus or family. Some of, but they're going to be poor kids. I know. <laughs> Yeah, Poor it's ugly. still going the wrong way down the street. Yeah. Like <laughs> with him taking pulls off this liquor bottle. 
Like, why didn't God just vaporize the bus? I know. And, like, leave the driver sitting on the side of the, the road or something? Yeah. yeah, sorry, not yet. <laughs> why didn't he vaporize the bus and save the rest of us from yeah, devoting our lives to this show? I mean, he could have crashed the bus and just, like, cushioned the hot ones on other yeah, teenagers' exactly. caroling bodies. <laughs> I mean, yeah, there's also, like, you know, nothing says they have to die in this crash. Well, you could have just had the crash happen, but then they miraculously survive, and. But right, that would have ruined right. the Christmas vibe, though. I Plus, think. crashes are expensive to film, David. Yeah, yeah. Oh. How about uh, blue bus effects? Are those expensive? <laughs> what do you think they spent? It's still expensive, but less than filming a, a full-on Forty dollars. No one gives a shit. No one mentions it. The end. <laughs> I know. Well, someone kind of mentions it, because when they get there, Steve is like, oh, I didn't think you guys would make it. Someone up there must like you. Yeah. And so there's the slight indication but, that, like, because Steve saw the truck. Like, he yeah, knew my the thought truck is he saw the truck way. go down the one way, but then didn't actually see the bus coming. So he kind of, like, right. that all got missed. But then he was like, well, you're lucky that you didn't hit that guy who was going on the, on the one way. But Unlike all those other people he plowed into yeah, the moment yeah, exactly. after he paid through your bus that are now mm-hmm. dead. But Just they were down hot. the street by the poor school. Yeah. Fuck them. Fuck right. them. Right. Fuck uh, my them. only comment to someone up there must like you is, no, I think someone up there just likes Donna. And that's why they <laughs> survived. Because uh, it's Donna. And that someone up there is Aaron Spelling. <laughs> is Aaron Spelling approved what gets seen in heaven? I think yeah. God should have just made one of the vehicles a transformer and then it just like, transformed into a robot and just like and just like stepped over the bus. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but it's also drunk a little bit. <laughs> drunk transformer. <laughs> 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 Falls over under the kids at the elementary school but they're like, yeah, oh, kids are alive. <laughs> <laughs> what? Can robots get drunk? That's cool. I guess Bender can. Yeah. 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 Uh, we get a little montage here of uh, Christmas happenings at the poor kid's school. Yeah. Uh, Mrs. Teasley gives Steve the Santa suit. Well, see, that gets weird because then later on, like, there's they're showing Steve, and then the mustache comes up, and then it comes off, and then Mrs. Teasley looks at him. As if he was, like, busted. But then I'm like, but you're the one who gave him the Santa suit. It's almost like they filmed, like, filmed that thinking oh, yeah, that he was, yeah. like, showing up in disguise, but then decided to do something different with it. But then, uh... Yeah. Or was it, like, that. busted, you're ruining the illusion for the kids? I, yeah, right. I don't That's know. what it was. It's like, you might be Santa, but you're still basically a piece of shit. But <laughs> you're the only one we got, so mm, fuck these poor kids. But you're our piece of shit. Right. Um, I want to say Dylan gets schooled in yo-yoing. Yes, Dylan gets schooled in yo-yoing. I'm pretty sure that that shot of Steve with the mustache falling gets used in one of the versions of the opening credits for a little while, which is just very weird to have like a Christmas thing in every episode. Mm. It's a cute gift, but it's so seasonal. You can't Mm -hmm. just put that Mm -hmm. in for the regular Summer Sands vibes. Uh, David decides halfway through what will now become his senior year <laughs> that, he gets, that he is going to graduate early. <laughs> that he can somehow just make up the credits now in magical that fashion. Works. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> and like, I, people could graduate early. I get that. Like, that's not a uh, an undoable yeah, yeah, yeah. thing. You just have to make that decision at some point before, like the middle trimester mm. of your junior year, when you're saying I'm going to make this my last year yeah. in school. 
Um, but maybe, guess what? Maybe that's, that's the summer to does. do it too. I don't know if that could work. But then he still has to get into college after he graduates. Right? I don't. Know. He doesn't have the summer. This is he's so like this is December. They're graduating in June. Yeah, like yeah. this is like he would. He has the time, except he's taking out that time because he wants to graduate with everybody in June. So he's basically like saying, "I'm going to do." half of my junior year and all of my senior year <laughs> in the next six months. And I just don't think Not that's even six months. I, mean, I don't know. Yeah. Right. Five months, maybe. Mm. I don't even think that's physically possible. They kind of, the, they hand wave it with Donna being like, when are we going to see each other? Yeah. He's like, after a graduate they, in the following episodes is he like always busy or do they not even care uh they do they pay some lip service to it periodically where he's just like constantly busy and stuff but it's not like he isn't still djing in his little dj booth <laughs> and filming shit with his camera and hip-hop dancing yeah hip-hop dancing um every once in a while he'll uh cosplay vanilla ice mm. every once in a while he'll just be like oh man i'm so beat because i'm working so hard and oh leave me alone i have so much extra work to do and shit like that speaking of lip service though he also makes out with tori spelling Neither. yes he does i yep. even know they were a thing yeah once for a while they were that's that's also the weird thing about this whole Aaron Spelling wants Tori Spelling to be like, you know, the golden child of this show. But then she's also mm-hmm. kind of sexualized, too. And it's like, but you're his right, father. But, but David, she's a virgin. Uh-huh. And that's a plot point again and again and again mm-hmm. until like, I don't know, I think the eight years, like they graduate college is when her and David have sex for the first mm-hmm. time. Um because Darren Spelling has to protect his precious little girl so that even while he's parading her around in a bikini for millions of Americans, we're making sure everybody knows that she's still a virgin. But don't they? And, uh, but they still go to the peach pit in college, right? Yes. So pre- it be- they, half of it becomes a nightclub. Yeah. Yeah. So presumably the college they go to is very close to the high school. California University. Brandon mentions it in this episode. Yeah. yeah. Wow. CU. And my point is, David could just be a senior, and then Donna could be a freshman, and they could still see each other fairly easily yes. if she's going to that college. I don't know. The other thing is, they could have introduced this plot point earlier yeah, in yeah, the yeah. season so that it made more sense. Or they could just quietly make him graduate <laughs> with everyone because technically everyone on this show did their sophomore year twice. <laughs> wow. There they were juniors in the first. They did the junior year twice because they were juniors in the first season. This is the third season. They're now seniors. They had two mm-hmm. like last days of school prior to this <laughs> season, but they uh, you just whatever you roll with it. Save by the bell. Logic. Shit doesn't fly in Degrassi. I can tell you that much. <laughs> <laughs> um, the other festive thing happening here: someone has set up a cookie decorating station. I know, made me hungry so, for Christmas cookies. Right, I, I want to frost frost up some cookies. Uh, Kelly and Brenda have decorated a cookie, not a euphemism, and they give Dylan <laughs> kind of a euphemism. Kind of a euphemism. <laughs> they each give Dylan their cookie, See? kind of a euphemism, uh, along with an ultimatum. This three way friendship is bullshit. Pick one of us. By New Year's. and the cookies. So right? I think he gets like free reign to fuck both of them until like. New Year's. Well, that's what, so spoiler alert, this doesn't happen, but if I was Dylan, I'd be like, 
well, if I have to choose between you, then I need to sample the yeah, wares exactly. to make yeah. sure that I'm <laughs> making an informed well, decision. Which he has. And then I thought it was a cool move when he took both of the cookies and just crammed them in his mouth like Cookie Monster and let all the crumbs drip. Yeah, <sighs> eats them all like Cookie yeah, Monster. Yeah, yeah. Just gar, 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 gar. <laughs> And the girls are like, well... I mean, it's not a true menage a trois, but it's still one I'd like to be a part of. <laughs> I would be more of a menage a trois with cookies yeah, or yeah. hamburgers. <laughs> uh, does Dylan nothing. end up choosing himself? He does. <laughs> Unlike Kelly in a future episode, <laughs> he does not choose himself. Uh, he chooses Kelly. Oh, and these cookies were really ugly. That's yeah. not a euphemism. <laughs> <laughs> they're not. They might be hot, but they're not good at decorating cookies. Mm. <laughs> they're like covered in sprinkles and they have like a K and a B <laughs> made out of like poop dough. Like, <laughs> terrible job. Uh, yes. Del- Dylan chooses Kelly and that's why she's there to comfort him when his dad blowed up. Mm, but he Aww. did blow up. <laughs> when he thought his dad yeah, blew yeah, up. All right, all right. Accuracy. <laughs> Words matter often. <laughs> I know. They do. They do. So now we end up the we end the episode with uh Donna, of course, hearing a bell and uh talking about how that means that an angel got its <laughs> wings. And all I like how they're like, you know what they say wings. when uh, I'm like, no, it's the movie that says that, and that's the only <laughs> place it's ever come from. No, David, it's, it's a benchmark tenant of Christian theology <laughs> that when a bell rings, an angel gets its wings. Right. Anyone who actually read the Bible would know. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that's in Leviticus. <laughs> and like, I have no qualms with the movie doing it. It's just when people like now it's become you know. A, Canon, I guess, Christian canon right. of like Christmas Christian canon, canon. Yeah. yeah. And you're Me like, too. no, it's just a movie plot point in a movie, and you can recognize it, but it's not real. And it's, and, it's but the it's only real. What they're doing the it's thing. a wonderful life pastiche. Yeah, like they're yeah. like, we're ripping this off, we're ripping that off. Clarence Bells, boom, throw in some teenagers, make them horny, sad, almost <laughs> kill them, got it. This, this is Horny Christmas Part Two, Austin. Thank Until, you for like, continuing. All right. uh, David's got some big shoes to fill with no his No pressure, coward. <laughs> <laughs> so are angels like super fans of like Quasimodo or something? <laughs> like, I'll, like the- sure. <laughs> well, like, really like that life or the um, commercial with the Hershey's Kiss. Yeah, yeah exactly. Bells, yeah, but yeah, God if it's recorded, is it, it just the one time or like there's a recording of a bell ringing? Cough. Did an angel get his wings as a result of each of us watching this episode? Yeah, so yeah, did, yeah. are there three winged angels now because we did this episode? Hooray. I think it has to be a real bell and it can't be a recording of a bell. And okay. I don't have any bells. Yeah, I All I know is that if someone asks me to do charity this holiday season, I'm going to tell them I already got an angel its wings. So yeah, I'm good. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> ding, ding, bitch. Yeah, Done. I'm going to pull an Andrea mm-hmm. on this one. So yeah, they're... they're so, David, is it in fact a totally happen in life? No, it is not. <laughs> I mean, this one, like we in Saved by the Bell reviewed, we talked about the Golden Six, and this puts it to shame, right? Like when you're like, God right. himself is, or herself, yes, is, uh, <laughs> or itself, or, you know, I don't know. God, their self, their self <laughs> must protect these six children at all costs. And only for no these. good, like yeah, not even a faint at a good reason, mm-hmm. right? They weren't like this just one grows up to do something good. <laughs> yeah, because they're just hot and fuck, and he's like, I'm, right. I'm digging what I'm seeing with these 
teenagers. It's like, I want to see who fucks They're who hot and up. they fuck and they got mad at each other, but <laughs> yeah. then one of them told them to be nice and so they were like, I guess we can continue to hang out with our hot fuckable friends mm. and God was like, that's a lesson learned that's worth survival. Yeah, but the angels were already on board with saving them before that speech even anyway. That's true. Yeah. And they didn't even yeah. care that they didn't want to do this charity work. They wanted them to get off the bus and save themselves. Right? Right? They were they were pro ditching the kids to save themselves. I was worried question mark. Like I figured there I think I heard about like this whole like You were worried miracle. that they were going to die. You no, yeah, like, yeah. Not, it was really Not Kelly. I was worried that the the miracle would happen and that would give them the Christmas spirit. Oh. Like they'd be like, "Oh, maybe right. we should get together and be friends if our lives are this important or something." But at least they didn't go down that road. But right, right. And I guess yeah, and they is... didn't go down the road of people even theoretically. No one really saw or realized the miracle happened, which I guess right. Because like right. if I if I was just on the street and saw of truck phase through a bus like my whole world understanding would be completely changed in that instance like right, my right my complete life would be altered in how i view the world but yeah instead i can just be my atheist self i guess yeah right i guess steve had to itch his butt right during that second mm, yeah yeah <laughs> he sneezed or something my butt itches woo uh carolyn any any final thoughts from you gosh you know was it very special no did we watch it yes <laughs> no it's pretty good um these teens they sure have the soap operas some of them are good looking and some of them you're like why is that hot guy making out with that 30 year old lady but <laughs> i understand her name her name lady. is andrea and she's the screen act the the guild actors person now right she is yeah at least at one point i don't know if she still is at one point in time Probably she was not. the the president of the screen actors guild we should uh right yeah i never mentioned because the episode is called it's a totally awesome life totally happening a life. totally happening and like jesus it's- david I think the idea that like changing out wonderful for totally happening as like making it more modern and hip even in the nineties was probably pretty cringe, right? Yeah, right, it doesn't right. feel like modern slang that it feels like when the Ninja Turtles kicked up words from the sixties yeah, and made exactly. them nineties and then that just lasted until grunge mm. yeah, <laughs> cultural movement. The nineties were just eighties done by fifties and sixties. We really lacked some identity. Mm. Until right. Seattle, until David's mom moved to Portland and fucked <laughs> Kurt Cobain in the Chinese gardens. Don't make me drop all my records. Da- David Silver's mom, not David Bitsenhofer's mom. Yeah, some yeah. David, some little wiener David. <laughs> <laughs> There's too many to choose from. <laughs> they all have wiener friends with cowboy hats. <laughs> 90s size technology. Um, no, it's always fun to visit this. You know, it is, it's It's. an era that's dead. It, this is dead. It's different now. They're still sexy teenagers, but they're not the same. And <sighs> now they get involved in cults and get superpowers. Yeah, I can't. <laughs> Speak to modernity entirely, but it's happening. There is still... I am officially too old to stand teenagers, but I'm happy they're getting shows. It is funny now, they do cast younger people for younger yeah. roles. So it's yeah, like, Yeah, they well, at least okay. try to get, like, 
early 20 somethings yeah. instead right. of like mid 30 somethings so it does feel a little not for me but i'm glad people still have their fables um what an era r.i.p dead cowboy guy <laughs> and teacher's beard this is a very horny christmas so i'll give you points for that there's a lot more on screen like people laying down on each other and fucking than zero so I'm in. <laughs> There's a non-zero amount of making out. Yes. Carolyn approves. <laughs> uh, David, where can we find you on the internet if uh, uh, we wanted to do that? You can find me definitely not getting saved by God on Twitter at com. Carolyn, how about you? Yeah, well, first, Austin, was this a special episode for yourself? Oh yeah, yeah, no, I, yeah, you, you, you know me. Shit, dude. I'm always happy to go hang out with my peeps from West Bev for a while. <laughs> um, Hanging out in the peach pit. You're, you're, you're rooting for, the, for them to be saved, right? Yeah, yeah. No, this is a this is a ridiculous episode. <laughs> um, even when I was a, really even when hard. I was a kid, I was like, oh Christ, this is just <laughs> full. Like, how full of yourself are you? Mm. Um, yeah, and this is, I mean generally considered the best uh nine oh two and oh Christmas episode just in terms of being kind really? of bonkers and Okay, it's fun. Uh, it's wacky. Yeah, like the first one is half a clip show, which is like just mm. a cheap move. Um you know, most of the other ones it's just like an episode of the show that happens to take place at Christmas. It's just like the normal drama and stuff. So this is the one that kind of is however loosely doing the the wonderful life thing. It was the one where they brought in the homeless guy, right? Who then stole and they Frenched him when he fell over. Oh yeah, that was so that was the first Christmas episode that then they flash back to in the second one. Wow. (laughs) Look at David knowing things. Yeah, Yeah. if you remember way back in the other 90210 episodes, they did watch like the first one or two seasons and then Right. Trailed off of it. Yes, Brandon Brandon brought home a homeless person. And mouthed him when he fell down. Right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what is it with 90s shows with attractive teens putting their mouths on homeless people? I'll never forget that. That was one of the hardest I laughed during our original run. We were all done for like 45 oh. hard seconds. Um... Yeah, so yeah, in, I, anyway, I yes, I enjoy this episode as it falls squarely in the Zen diagram of like <laughs> a hot teen soap opera drama yeah. and just absolutely bananas ridiculousness, um, right. which is which is 90210's real sweet spot. So it was a sweet spot. I could use um, one or two more deaths because they really dangled it and then they just blipped it away so casually, like God got invested and. Deuces machina, and I would have just liked to let them become footage for drunk driving classes. Someone should just make an alt edit where they splice in some tunsis or something. <laughs> Any hoodles when I'm not uploading American Gladiators and Circus of the Stars directly to God for my special place in heaven. You can find me tweeting until the ship goes down at Carolyn Main, C-A-R-O-L-Y-N-M-A-I-N, like the street. You can email me, commission artwork, I draw stuff, and I have 
some archived alternate podcast, Pitch Please, and if you want a card deck of that, still have a couple kicking around, you can find that at www.pitchplease.fun. Uh, and you can uh, also find me on Twitter playing with the band as Titanic goes down um, <laughs> until it slips below the waves. Um, if you want to follow me on other social medias, there's a little link tree in my profile on Twitter that lists all those places. You can click on that and see the various things I'm trying out now as a possible alternative to Twitter, should it go away. And in the meantime, come on Twitter and talk to me about 90210, because I'm always down to talk about these bonkers, sexy teens um, (laughs) played by 30-somethings. Um, hey, I'm older than them now. That's a it's that's weird. I keep getting it, older, and these teens keep having keep, shows. <laughs> keep getting into sexy misadventures. Uh, as for the podcast, we are a very special episode. Our website is a very special episode podcast.com. Uh, follow us on Twitter as well at AVSE Pod. Uh, check out our Facebook page, uh, Facebook slash AVSE Pod. Email us, avsepodcast at gmail.com. We should probably check that mailbox, see if we got anything in there. Oh, yes. End Maybe of the year is coming up. Yeah, at the turn of the, turn of the old year here. Uh, and then, of course, you can download and listen from our website or on the uh, podcast provider uh, of your choosing. So for a very special episode, uh, I am Austin Gorton, wishing you a Merry Christmas. And now I am off to have a threesome with some hamburgers. That was a very special episode We dissected that shit from head to toe Did the time fly by or was it slow? Got so many life lessons Oh, how we've grown Seen so much TV that we're gonna explode Next time on a very special 